Hello and welcome to the Three Inning Save podcast. I'm Jacob Birch. Eric Stevens here. Hello. It's been a, a week of baseball, but baseball is not the most important thing to talk about uh, this week. Yep. Uh, took a back seat once again to um, all of us learning or getting refamiliarized with the intricacies of uh, Major League Baseball's uh, domestic violence policy. Um for you know, very disappointing reasons, obviously, um, and we'll 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 get into it. Yeah, like you said, it's again, and that the fact that it's 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 isolated incidents are disappointing and heartbreaking, um, and sad. But the fact that it's again is just uh, I, I don't have words. So yeah, let's uh, we'll do a break and then we'll talk about it after this. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. So, yeah, catch us up, Eric. Okay, so uh, we actually, I think... If, if, as you heard on our last podcast, we recorded last um, Sunday night, the day before Labor Day, um, and we put out an intro. Uh, I recorded an intro like mon- at some point Monday, uh, mid morning or afternoon or something. Um, that we sort of tacked on to the front of that, because, just saying like, "Hey, just a <laughs> FYI, uh, Julio Urias was arrested on a felony domestic violence charge on uh, late Sunday night. It was uh, the." Uh, a bunch of uh, people like in and around LA, like celebrities and otherwise were at the, um, I forgot what the, the stadium is called where uh, LAFC soccer team, soccer team plays. Um, they were playing inter Miami and, and Messi. So it was like one of the hottest, like just areas to be around. Be a most stadium. Just to... Oh, you know, okay. Yeah. So 
that's in like Ex- Exposition Park area in, in Los Angeles. And in that area, um, uh, late Sunday night, um, both LA Times and ESPN uh, sort of reported the, the video part of this. I'll, I'll t- uh, a citizen took video of a man attacking a woman, then flagged down police. Uh, what they reported was that the video is in, in possession of law enforcement. Again, there's in terms of specifics, like it's it seems clear that it was of that's how Julio Urias got arrested. Obviously, you know, with, without knowing the full details and all that, but just know that's that's out there, and I'm, I would imagine at some point, um, obviously, criminal investigation, MLB investigation are are two different things and have two very different burdens of. Um, proof, like you don't need to be um, arrested or charged uh, to be suspended under MLB's policy, but just just throwing that out there, from a procedural standpoint, um, Urias was placed on administrative leave by Major League Baseball on Wednesday, Um, so that removes him from the Dodgers' 40-man roster. So, there's there's been a couple, like, we'll, we'll go into it, but there's been a couple, like, improvements this year in terms of the the public facing of this, both by the league, I think, and by the Dodgers, uh, it, that the Dodgers have practice in this now is is annoying uh, and very troubling. Um, but the the so the the policy calls for um, the MLB's commissioner's office can place someone on administratively for seven days, and then they're allowed to ask the players' association for like a seven day extension. How that usually plays out in practice is that you keep asking for extensions. But then from an optic standpoint from the league, you get this weird sort of um, PR nightmare of every Friday. They're like, hey, remember that guy we suspended and we don't want anyone to talk about? We just uh, extended his administrative leave again, you know? So you usually they sort of work something out. In this case, um, the commissioner's office and the players' association – agreed uh, with, in the case of Urias, to place him on administratively, quote, until further notice. So doesn't sound like it's going to be one of those things where every seven days we get like, a, oh, by the way, admin leave was extended. Now, I think part of that was um, Urias has a court date on September 27th in Los Angeles. So I'm sure that factored into it. But like, so speaking of that, so September 27th, you look at the timing, the last day of the regular season is October 1st. Um, there were 24 games left in the season when Urias was placed on administrative leave. Factor in that he, Urias was already suspended under the Major League Baseball domestic violence policy for 20 games in 2019. There was an instant incident in a Beverly Hills parking lot. Um, uh, police ended up not pressing charges, but uh, under the, the conditions that Urias had to go undergo a year of weekly um, domestic violence training, um, and that he'd not commit a crime in the next year, domestic violence crime in the next year. So I, he satisfied that, so he didn't get arrested then. Um, but he got suspended 20 games. No player, the, the domestic violence policy has been around since 2015. No MLB player has been suspended twice. So you factor that in, however MLB, whenever they decide the punishment, you factor in that Urias is a free agent after the season, it's very clear that his time as a Dodger is done. 
it's now it's not official like and the Dodgers can't really come out and say like you know we're done with this guy they're like they're just a they're not going to do that they're going to take the path of like least resistance like mm-hmm. at all times they're not they're just not going to take that kind of a, a stance part of it is they can't like under the policy uh the commissioner's office can um you know uh meet out discipline the team can't do anything they can't release a player while under investigation they can't um you know um punish them suspend them themselves like it's just not possible under the system now i will another sort of baby steps forward in this situation the initial statement the dodgers put out when urias was placed on leave started with quote the dodgers take all allegations of the kind in this case very seriously and we do not condone or excuse any acts of domestic violence if you remember back two years ago under in the trevor bauer situation they did not mention anything of that nature like when they put out the initial statements now again this is the floor in terms of like expectations and actual like accountability and all this kind of stuff but at least at least they took that kind of a stance right like they're uh they're at least out there it to that extent so they like at least because the way like the way they handled the bauer stuff like uh for like the joke like the flippant joke by stan caston when they were in dc like the just the general like you don't know whether they're going to keep him or release him till like the last moment they left doubt as to whether they gave a crap about you know like um mm-hmm. having like a player with that sort of history under the on their team and so at least saying this like it sort of sets a sets a tone that they did not set previously again baby steps um so another sort of way this was handled properly, I thought, was it, so he was arrested Monday or uh, Saturday, late Sunday night into Monday. Dodgers were off Monday, but they were traveling to Miami for the, their road trip. They went to Miami and Washington, D.C. They did not take Julio Urias on the road trip. Now, this is not a situation like this isn't like the team punishing him, right? This was like a very common sense move. Like we, we cannot have you here. Uh, you're going to deal with this while you're home. And and so he was supposed to start Thursday. If you remember back again to the Bauer situation, um, he went with the team on a road trip uh, to Washington, D.C. And um, before in the few days before, he wasn't scheduled to start till like Sunday. So they had even more time in between. And so before MLB put him on administrative leave, they sort of also the the. One, one bad thing, they, they didn't have, like, Andrew Friedman or, um, like, I think Kasson Talk, I think, in that right away. So, basically, Dave Roberts was the only public-facing person. And he's like, well, our hands are tied. Yeah, he's he's going to start Sunday. Like, he had to go through this charade. It was just distasteful. This time, they avoided all that by just saying, look, Urias is not on the trip. So, he, he was supposed to start Thursday in Miami. He did not. Um, again, so, bare minimum here they're doing this but so i think you know again path of least resistance the dodgers aren't going to do or say anything until it's resolved by mlb but i think it's also very clear that he's done as a dodger now the next sort of small step uh they also uh canceled a bobblehead on september 21st it was going to be the uh julio urias um uh, wbc mexico uh bobblehead and they have removed that on the 21st they're put i think what did they call it they're doing 
giveaway of select classic bobbleheads or something like that. Mm-hmm. I forget what they said. But anyway, so that's out. But when So the first game back at Dodger Stadium is Monday. Uh, they played three games against the Padres, so you're going to look around the stadium. Uh, you don't, I guess it's one of those things you don't really notice until you don't. Uh, but there's like players' pictures on um, pillars on certain levels. There's sides of buildings. There's um, obviously merchandise in the gift shop. Like all that is going to be gone. Um, someone posted a picture in the of the Centerfield Plaza. There was like a uh, the, a mural out there that had Urias on it that's covered up. Now I don't know how they're going to exactly handle. It's not like it was painted over or whatever, but like. Um, that's going to be interesting, but like, also the little things like, you don't really, I guess, notice is how sometimes they'll put like a sort of a stock, like hype video or something, and in the case of this, like, what if or and maybe Sportsnet LA has already done this and I just haven't clocked it, but um, they'll be like, hey, remember when the Dodgers won the World Series, and then they show Julio Urias delivering the final pitch. Now, is that edited to the point where it's just? Hey, Austin Barnes caught this random pit. They probably should be, or whatever. But that you're basically going to see that sort of level of passive um, decoupling, I guess, in this. So, but but just the main thing, like this, all is just terrible. Like it's it's awful. It's awful that anyone has to deal with this. Like to be attacked, uh, to deal with like the fear or anything um, surrounding this. That. Um, Urias like got a second chance right after 2019 um you would hope that like the like the domestic violence policy like it's never it's never really designed to like help the folks who need the help right like the victims and Mm -hmm. like all that kind of stuff but you would at least hope that there's actual growth from like players that go through it and it's like at least on the surface and that's the other thing we just don't know it seemed like Orius had done that growth. Like he participated in the, like the, the police mandated like training program. He went through the MLB system that they, there's like steps to go through with that too. Um, you would think they learned, but like they just, they just don't. And then the other thing is like both of Orius's instant incidents, right. were in public. Like, so like, and then, then your mind wonders like, what, what are, what's happening in private? And mm-hmm. it's like even more scary and just terrible. Um, and, but like whatever goodwill, uh, Urias built up over the last four years, it's just gone. Like it's gone. And like, and he's, he's basically gone too now. Who knows how long everything's going to take, but like, that's, that's where we're at. Yeah. And I, it hard to imagine him getting any job pitching uh in the majors um i mean we'll see you know there is there's uh no shortage of what capitalism and american sports can shock me sure and bad taste but at the same time i saw an interview with jeff passan on espn he was basically saying like he said this he kind of was like saying that same thing like this might be it, like, because it's a sec. It would be a second strike, right? You know, under the system, like it might be like super long suspension for one thing. But then, like, what major league team is going to like um, sign him now? He did now. Passon did mention 
in that like sort of video snippet. And again, this is just one small thing, but he was like, you, you know, nobody signed Trevor Bauer. Well, part of that was because nobody's going to sign Trevor Bauer now anyway, because, well, Bauer's not going to sign there because this year, like the Dodgers are paying him his full salary, right? Uh, minus the 50 games or whatever. But um, whatever was left at the at the end of his suspension. But like he went over to um, to Japan because anything he got, I, I think it was like a three or four million dollar deal. That doesn't count against the money he's getting from the Dodgers. So that's extra money. So, like, we don't know that an MLB team won't sign mm-hmm. Trevor Bauer. That's the point, right? You can't just say, like, well, nobody signed Bauer. Well, well you know, we'll, we'll see, right? Like, um, so, but you're right. Like, it, it's it's wild because this time last year was, like, is, is Julio or is going to get $250 million, like, in the, you know, in free agency? It's, like, you just, you never know with this stuff. Like, um, and, uh, but it's, he was having, like, a, down year anyway his ERA's 460 I know ERA's there's more to baseball than that but like he was very up and down um but like yeah he is going to be um it's going to be very difficult for a team this winter to sign him at who knows what the suspension is going to be but just just everything about this sucks it all it's terrible and I wish we didn't have to like talk about this um as often as we do Mm -hmm. I don't know how to like there's no real good way to like transition from the Julio Urias situation to like sports, you know, like actual, like the frivolity of uh, right. the, 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 the sport. So we're just going to take a break and then we'll come back with a new segment and talk about um, other stuff that is not directly related to Julio Urias, but kind of is. And we'll, we'll talk about that uh, after the break. Dodgers were um, on a road trip. Uh, so was I, I wasn't on a road trip, but I, I I don't think I watched any baseball this week. I had really busy work week. So you get a you get a catch me up. I say that to always, be, but a lot of times you're not actually catching me up. I actually know what happened. In this case, fair, uh, I know very little. To be fair, um, I hope you didn't catch up. I hope you didn't follow to the point where you were following my Twitter uh, religiously because that will factor in the trivia question later. But, um, uh, or maybe you did and you know it because of that. And good kudos to you for passing my test. Now, um, so like the like we mentioned, you know, the far less important part of the Julio Urias situation is um, what's left now of the Dodgers pitching staff, right? Like, um, so, however, the reality is his vacancy, like, is something the Dodgers have to deal with. He was very clearly going to be a playoff starter for them. But I want to bring us back to last week, which we already addressed this, but uh, I want to go to the actual quote just because it's funny in hindsight, like, So after last Sunday, September 3rd, against the Braves, Bobby Miller, first time he goes seven innings, only allowed a run. He was great. This is what um, Dave Roberts had to say um, right after that game. He was Now, in fairness, this was sort of a leading question. It was like, how does this sort of affect uh, Bobby Miller's, like, role in October or whatever? 
Um, and we'll just let, let's get into what Robert said here. Yeah, I mean, he, he's got you know what four or five more starts, and we're continuing to gather information. But you know, he, he's put himself right there in the front of the conversation as far as starting a playoff game, and uh, he's earning it. The the funniest part about this to me is he's he's put himself right in the front of the conversation as far as starting a playoff game, and even at the at last week we were like. Duh! Like, of course he's starting a playoff game, and, and like at the we're like he's pro, he should be the game one starter if we're being honest. And then, like, sort of jokingly, but like kind of not. And then this entire week has been one big monkey's paw, like closing one finger at a time very slowly, going, "Oh, you want Bobby Miller to be the number one starter? Let me let's assure that happens in the most destructive way possible." Um, so obviously Urias is arrested on Monday. He's gone um, for all intents and purposes. Uh, Clayton Kershaw still very much dealing with the left shoulder issues. Um, on Tuesday, he um, pitched five innings. He's pitched five innings in his four non-interrupted starts since coming off the injured list. Uh, he allowed three runs and two homers. He, everyone was sort of looking at his his fastball Um it averaged 88.4 miles an hour, which is the second lowest of his career. Um, but also he walked five, so like everything was just kind of off. Um, Kershaw, after the game uh, to reporters, uh, I, I think there's a two-minute clip that Sportsnet LA put out of like the, the scrum, the post-game scrum. I think Kershaw said, I'm, uh, I feel fine six times in that two minutes, in those two minutes. Um he was going to get an extra day to start Monday against the Padres. He's got he's gotten at least five days rest before every start since returning, but that's kind of normal. They kind of do that with a lot of guys, right? Like they, especially now this time of year. But so um, after the Tuesday start, one of the things that Dave Roberts said, just to sort of say like Kershaw's fine. He, he did say he's going to keep going until he can't. Like it was, it was a very, it was a somber post game, man. Like just watching that video, um, but he also said he, he they don't want to shut him down because they want to keep his arm fresh because they still need him to pitch, and a layoff wouldn't help. So then, come Sunday, uh, after the game in in against the Nationals to close out the series, Dave Roberts said, "Oh, by the way, we're pushing Kershaw back to Friday in Seattle. Uh, we're calling Gavin Stone up to pitch Monday." Um, so, um. Reporters uh, all tweeted out. Uh, it was not in the video that I that I saw, but uh, that Roberts insisted that it's not a uh, due to a physical issue. I don't believe him. Uh, I think it's somewhat related in some way, even if it's not directly. In fairness, uh, Kershaw has been working with Mark Pryor on a tweak in his delivery. They think will help his command. Um, so. But it's very clear that something in his left shoulder is sort of limiting him in some capacity. So even if nobody feels in like revealing just how much, right? So that's something to sort of just monitor. Um, the other thing is Lance Lynn in his last two starts has gotten absolutely bombed. Um, he gave up eight runs and, uh, uh, and three home runs on uh, Wednesday in Miami. His previous start before that, he gave up three runs or three home runs and seven uh, runs. So... On the year, he's up to 40 home runs, which leads the majors. It's the mo- the first um, pitcher to allow 40 home runs since Mike Leake in 2019. 
Um, but Lynn did have a great quote after the start. This is from Bill Plunkett of the OC Register. I think the other beat reporters tweeted this too. Um, Lynn said, quote, I mean, once you go over 30, who gives a shit? <laughs> which is which is kind of funny. And he, he sort of went on and you know talked about how, like, this is the worst, like, home run year of his life. It seems like every other pitch, like, uh, when he's going bad, it goes out. So, um, yeah, it's rough. It's rough out there, man. And uh, with Bobby Miller... Like, the Dodgers are very clearly, like, grooming him for a larger role, whether that be, like, this October or, like, going forward. His last uh, six starts, four times they've he's pitched into the seventh. He completed seven innings the last two times. Um, on Saturday against the Nationals, uh, Roberts even let Miller face the lineup the fourth time through, like, or to at least to start, to, to finish the seventh inning. But then the first, first two guys at the top of the order walk. Then he hung a slider for a home run. So Miller gave up five runs instead of three. Um, so it sort of spoiled what would have been an otherwise good start. But even Roberts, like after the game, talked about it as like a, a growing moment, putting him in tough spots, giving him sort of practice because they sort of can right now. Um, so it's very interesting. Like they're, they're very clearly like you could see what they're thinking with him. Oh, God, I, <laughs> this doesn't necessarily affect the playoffs, although it kind of does. I, I completely forgot in the notes how crazy this week was. Uh, oh, by the way, um, Walker Bueller's not pitching this mm-hmm. year. Um, they they decided after the one um, uh, minor league uh, rehab start with Oklahoma City that it it wasn't feasible to try to get him to return for this year. They're just going to focus on twenty twenty four. They also there insist that there it wasn't a setback. That is a lot more believable uh, than the Kershaw situation, I think. But um, I think. It was always aggressive. Back in May when Bueller was like, I want to start in the majors by September 1st, they're like, whoa, easy there, buddy. Like, no, obviously they're going to have him go, keep having him go through the rehab process, which he did to get to this point. He was going to be like a, a long shot to make the, the roster. He was getting, like we talked, it was more real because he now appeared in the game. He was going to build up, but it was going to be way too much to ask for him to A, return to the majors and then build up to be an actual playoff starter. Like you always, you're always going to have like command issues your first few times back, and you're basically going to ask that to happen like in the playoffs. So there was always a level of uncertainty, and I just don't feel like they wanted to rush it. So um, I think they they actually did like think that way in this case, right? So you know, however however feasible you thought Bueller was pitching in the playoffs, it's just another option out the window but now if you look at it um having him back like fully at least in in theory in 2024 and then with a sort of um ex- more experienced bobby miller like you you can get excited about that regardless of who else is surrounding them in the rotation um another person though who who very much should be and will be is ryan pepio um he's looked great in his four starts since returning. Um, he started Thursday in Miami. Now we talked about last week where they optioned him and had he not returned by, I believe it was uh, today when we're recording this, um, he would have, he might not accrue a full year of service time this year, but not since he's, he was back because uh, he replaced uh, Julio Urias when he went on the restricted list. That's sort of the, treated as similar as an injured list. Since, so he'd come back within inside of 15 days 
So he might get that uh, full year after all this year because he's been so great. Uh, he started Thursday in Miami and re- just retired his first 20 batters. No big deal. Uh, took a perfect game into the seventh, uh, then gave up a single. Um, to, it seems, and again, it's there's three weeks left in the season, so take this with whatever green assault you need. Playoff rotation in some order is Clayton Kershaw, Lance Lynn, Bobby Miller, Ryan Pepio, I think. Now, who knows what's going to happen in the next uh, few weeks. Again, Gavin Stone's pitching Monday. Like he's, He might figure it in some capacity, maybe not as a starter, but whatever. Um, so Gavin Stone is allowed to come back inside of 15 days from his option because uh, Ryan Yarborough is going on paternity leave. Uh, he... His wife had a baby on Friday in Florida. He was there. Uh, he he flew back to flew to Washington D.C. on Saturday night to pitch Sunday. He started uh, on Sunday, uh, and then he's going to go back to his wife and baby now for a few days, uh, going on paternity leave, and then he's going to join the Dodgers in Seattle next weekend. Um, but that makes seven Dodgers babies this year. Uh, there was a very good article by Scott Miller in the in the New York Times on Sunday. Um, that talked to a bunch of those Dodgers about um, their new babies and the logistics. And um, like uh, I, Muncie and Gratterall were uh, same floor, same hospital uh, when both of their babies were born. <laughs> like Gratterall's like, he's like, I looked at him, he's like, is that Muncie? <laughs> it was really funny. Like, But uh, there was also a, a great quote. Uh, so the Dodgers, their family road trip, like full family road trip, was the one after the All-Star break. So, like, New York, Baltimore, Texas, I believe, obviously, fly to New York, train to Baltimore, and then fly to Texas. And um, there was another great quote by Gratterall in the piece where he's like, I'm looking, I I don't have it in front of me, but he's like, I'm looking around, there's babies over here, babies over here. It was beautiful. (laughs) It's just like, it was really good. It was a good piece. Um, I'll link to it in the show notes. Um, So, now... Back to the sort of Kershaw situation, one of the things Roberts mentioned on Friday was part of the reason for pushing him back was to sort of reorder things. Now, if you look at how the rotation is set up, I believe that sets up an order of Kershaw, then Bobby Miller, then Lancelin, then Ryan Pepio. And that kind of makes sense to me, like uh, how they might line it up. But again, that's something for future us to worry about as we do a playoff preview but there's still three weeks left in the season, so we don't need to worry about that. Which we can get onto other things. Now, you say you weren't paying attention. How much did you know about uh, how crutches factored into this week? Did you know anything about that? Uh, it Mookie bets. Okay. Okay. So yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was still <laughs> following. Semi. But, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So the the Dodgers like complete their series in Miami. They won like ten nothing on the last game. Also, just real quick, you would think that. The, on the the East Coast uh, trips, that it, that's good for me. No, <laughs> Dodger base nine p.m. Dodger baseball is perfect. Uh, my work is done oh, usually by yeah. then. It's the first two hours are leisurely. I'm doing something else. I have it in the background, and then you know I kind of listen to the as the game ends, uh, either as I'm walking my dog or going to bed. So these these like middle of kids are supposed to be being put down, and I'm supposed to do a little bit of work. Uh, that added to an already busy week, and why uh, it didn't occur. So the the issue came up. Um, uh, the first person to see this because they're in Miami, right? Um, uh, Isaac Azout. I don't know how you pronounce the last name, but he's he's a fish uh, fish on first guy. Another um, fans for sports network podcast. 
he was out in Los Angeles a couple weeks back when the um, when the Dodgers were when the Marlins were playing the Dodgers. So he saw Mookie Betts like in the bowels of um, Lone Depot Park in Miami on crutches and tweeted as such. And everyone's looking around like, is anyone else reporting this? Like, what is happening? What's going on? <laughs> and uh, and then it, it, within a like, few minutes later, um, the Dodgers beat reporters who were there. Got, and it was like, they're saying it's a precaution. It's bone bruise. And then, but you're like, oh, God, okay, this is bad, right? <laughs> but then you look, uh, he had fouled a ball off his left foot in the first inning and then played seven more innings. He, he walked twice. He got hit by a pitch and singled. All with the bad foot. He played seven innings in right field. He came out in a 10 nothing game, which is like a normal sort of move. Um, but we're, there's worry at this point because he was on crutches. And then Dave Roberts, <laughs> it's sort of funny that this happens a lot. Um, before, like, Big Nukes, this is how the, the, the Kershaw, like, more serious uh, injury part broke was before the Mets series. He went on MLB Network Radio, Dave Roberts did. And sort of was like, oh, by the way, you know, Kershaw is going to be out a while. Um, but this happened with Mookie Betts. He, he mentioned on radio that he had like a CT scan and they're waiting. And what came out was he had a CT scan and an MRI and both came back negative, I guess. Or the, the, the way Roberts described it was it was clean, didn't show anything bad. So they characterized it as a bone bruise. He was uh, He was unlikely to play. All weekend in Washington, D.C., the, the positive news is he came back and played on Sunday. So that was good. He played in right field. Um, so doing that sort of running did not hinder him. So it's just something to watch, though, because that was that was uh, that could have been bad. Um, Freddie Freeman uh, broke the Dodgers doubles record on Friday. Um, I don't know if you saw this or maybe caught it in a highlight. He tied uh, Johnny Frederick on Thursday in Miami, that ten nothing game. Um, his double was like a line drive, like a low line drive, just over first base, and like fair, and then squirted down the right field line. Um, and then the ball attendant down the line was like, "Hey, here's this foul ball," and he grabs it and throws it into the stands. <laughs> and uh, so that's a dead ball. Mookie Betts was on first in that situation. I'd like to think maybe the ball attendant knew. Uh, about Mookie Betts' foot before anyone else did, and he he simply relieved Betts from the pressure of having to run an extra 90 feet. And the umpires, upon reviewing this, decided that Mookie Betts would have scored easily from first on the play, so they awarded uh, Betts to go home, and Freeman got an RBI out of it. But that was his 52nd double. 53rd double came Friday night. He ended up hitting a 54th double on Saturday, that's already tied for the 12th most in National League history. There's still 20 games left, so he, he could get 60. Uh, that hasn't been done since 1936 by anyone. Um, the other thing uh, I was going to note was, uh, oh, my God, the rain delays uh, in Washington, D.C. So <laughs> all three games were delayed by rain at some point. Did, did the uh, one getting delayed delay happen in the middle of an at-bat? Today, so Sunday did, yeah. Yeah, so I was, I actually checked. We, I was. You it was know, a two-two count. Yeah, I was like, I was like, yeah. okay, what's happening? D- update delay. I was like, really? I finally have time to pay yep. attention. You're like, oh, I'll <laughs> pick my feet up yep. and time to watch some baseball. And, um, <laughs> uh, so so Friday night was in the seventh inning. Uh, I, 
actually come to think, I don't remember. That could have been minute bad. I don't think it was. But like anyway, it was in it was in the middle of the inning. That was a ninety-four minute delay. Um, Saturday they delayed uh, the start of the game. That that was four hours and ten minutes. So that was uh, to be on Saturday. Like I was just on on Friday. I just kept it on Sportsnet LA, like in the background, because I was doing other stuff. And what we've seen because the Dodgers have had. Um, it's now nine of their last 23 open-air road games have been delayed by rain by some fashion. Um, so what I've noticed is that means for Sportsnet LA when they say we have weather programming now or whatever, it's always the same thing. First up, backstage Dodgers, Maury Wills. Next up, backstage Dodgers, um, Walker Bueller. Then next up, backstage Dodgers, Max Muncy. If it gets really long, you might get into the Vin Scully retrospective. <laughs> and then I didn't watch any of the Saturday stuff because there was like college football on. So I was like, when the game comes on, I'll, I'll figure it out. Right. Um, so, but uh, same. And then Sunday came in the fifth inning, as you mentioned, in the middle of an at bat. Austin Barnes came back from the delay and got a sacrifice fly out of it. I will say. Um, so that was 58 minutes. So it was like six hours, I think six hours, 42 minutes total delay. <laughs> um Oh, also the the Saturday game that didn't start until um, God, what was it? Eight uh, fifteen, I think. Yeah, eight fifteen local. That game went into the eleventh inning. It took over three hours, so it was, that was a long night for the folks who were there. Um, th- so there's been there's been a lot of rain delays. So, oh, and and they're playing in Seattle next week, <laughs> next weekend. But um, now I say all that. Now the Dodgers. Current their magic number is seven. Um, it should be six because they hold the tiebreaker over Arizona. So like all Dodgers have to do is tie Arizona to win the division. However, the Giants are looming just close enough to where they haven't been eliminated yet. So there's technically a possibility of a three-way tie in which the Giants like go off, the Diamondbacks sort of go off, and the Dodgers completely collapse. And if they finish in a three-way tie, the Giants would have a better record between games of all three teams. So there's still that very remote possibility of that happening. But in reality, the Dodgers are going to clinch fairly soon. It's it's seven. It's a small number. Um, they could technically clinch when they are at home. Uh, they play the Padres for three games, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. It is very unlikely because I believe it's they have to get nine out of nine scenarios go their way. They have to sweep the Padres. Um the Diamondbacks have to get swept by the Mets in New York and the Giants would have to lose all three at home or in those three days to the Guardians. So not going to happen. Um, but at some, at some point relatively soon, they're probably going to clinch. But, um, yeah, that's, (laughs) that's me catching Jacob up on, uh, Dodgers baseball. Well, there you go. All right. And only, only a little bit left. Yeah. Three weeks, 20 games. Um, and the weird thing is I'm taking, the my uncle is turning 80 in uh, in about a week and a half and i'm taking that entire week off when the dodgers are home it's their last home stand of the regular season so the last games i'm going to before the postseason are this these three games against the padres that i'm not not going to see like a game in person until october 7th or whatever um but on sunday the dodgers uh, won seven to three uh, the seventh run was a uh, kike hernandez double that scored freddie freeman uh, that gave them exactly 
to this point. 800 runs scored this season. They are second in the majors to the Braves. Um, it's the fifth full season in a row. They've reached 800 runs. Before 2018, though, in their first 60 years in Los Angeles, they only scored 800 runs twice. Can you name either season? <sighs> There's only, you know, I have a limited subset of to name, so I got that going for me. Uh, we'll, you have a roughly we'll, 1 in 30 chance. Yeah, see, it's fine. We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll roll that dice uh, die after this. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law, 18 plus, terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Before 2018, the Dodgers in their first six years scored 800 runs only twice. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I'll, I'll give you a hint. Though. I'll just. It's early and late. So the, the, okay. the last one before this for 2018 was in the Jacob era. Okay. Entrenched in the Jacob era, like yeah. yeah. Man, this is going to be guessing for sure. Two thousand, and you know, I'm going to be even cuter. Two thousand and seventeen. Come on, what? I would have said six straight years if that was the case. I, I don't. You have done sneakiness no, I, before. I'm, I'm not. I'm not a cartoon villain. I would not. <laughs> Two thousand and God, the the teen years. There were bad teams and good teams, and like me parsing out which one was which. Two thousand and nine. Earlier. Oh, the clock game. Excellent. 2006. That's the one. Yeah. Uh, see, I knew it. I was so, just 
teasing. They, they scored um, 820 runs um, that year. That was, uh, yeah. That Nomar at first base, Rafael for, for call, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. healthy and really good. Um, who who would you say uh, led the team in home runs, would you say, that year, 26, 2006? Um, Jeff Kent. Uh, Jeff Kent had 14 home runs. He, he only played 115 games. Okay, I don't okay, remember yeah, what his injury I'll, I'll, was. J.D. Drew. J.D. Drew tied for the team lead with 20 home runs. Uh, who else was on that team? Uh, I, I'll give you. I'll give you a hint. Uh, part of the uh, current uh, Sportsnet LA roving cast. Uh, not not Jerry Hairston, is it? No. About to say, good goodness <laughs> gracious, is it no more? It's no more. Oh, okay. Uh, Sorry, I, I at, ruled him out because you had mentioned him so quickly. Uh, at his when, last like really good year. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that and year. that was the four plus one year, right? Yep. Um, so yeah, twenty for them, and then uh, Jeff Kent was actually fourth with fourteen. <laughs> for Kyle was third with fifteen. It was there's not a lot of home, but that was so Russell Martin, the rookie. He went. He he joined the Fame Ten Ten Club um, that year. No, it was it was a good year. Uh, do you want to take a stab at the the um, the first year, I will give you the hint there is uh, it was in Dodger Stadium. So you can eliminate the Coliseum years. Um, 74. 74 is actually a good guess. And I, I'm i going to look up because they, they were a, a juggernaut type. <laughs> so to tell you how good of a guess it was, they scored 798 runs. <laughs> <laughs> Um, That'd be like Jim Palmer never having a 200k strike. Yeah, I'm not bitter. Night, that, that, <laughs> we we both missed that like On a month, two months apart or three months apart almost. Uh, no, I'm tapping out. I'd just be guessing years at this point. The so. first year of Dodger Stadium, 1962, uh, 842 runs that year. It was crazy uh, because almost immediately, like Dodger Stadium turned into like a crazy pitchers park. You know, in the, especially in the 60s. But that was the year. Um, Maury Will scored or uh, stole 104. Tommy Davis had 230 hits and drove into 153. Um, Warry Mills, Warry Mills. That's what I said. Wow, Maury Wills. I, I've seen the backstage Dodgers so much, my uh, my brain is broken. <laughs> he scored 130 that year. Um, yeah, so those those were the only two LA years before this run of like, you know actually being good on offense <laughs> like, yeah <laughs> yeah so it, it's it's been nuts all right it's time for questions from Craig. starting off with trivia for you oh you ready oh you know before first I... nice ah uh, yeah more root beer action root beer zero it's oktoberfest seasons but uh i already had a couple uh there's uh, two breweries in town oh. here in Lawrence, Free State and Lawrence, Fields and Ivy. Each make an excellent Oktoberfest, but I already had some, so root beer it is. Freddie Freeman has either set or is getting close to setting single-season L.A. Dodger records as a first baseman. So this season's, this week's trivia is about those great L.A. Dodger first basemen. Are you ready, Eric? Sure. Freddie Freeman has 18 stolen bases, which is one behind the most by an L.A. Dodger first baseman. Seven L.A. Dodger first basemen, including Freeman, have stolen at least 10 bases in a season. 
can Eric name four of the other six? So I was trying to think. I don't, I don't immediately know who the 19 Steeler is, but I, I, my first instinct on this was to guess because he played first base more when he first came up is Cody Bellinger. It is not Cody Bellinger. He's not one of the uh, He on is the not ten, one of the, of the tens. Well, this is fraud. So Eric Karros is one because he stole 15 one year. He That's stole, the year he tried to, he tried he to stole 15. Home. Correct. Uh, tried to steal home and failed. Uh, <laughs> hilarious. Might be my favorite thing he ever did. No, he was he was great. I loved him. Um, wow. Okay. Ten steals at first. So oh, this is this is rough. I I like you want. Oh, okay, um, Wes Parker. Wes Parker had thirteen in nineteen sixty-five. Ugh. What about and ten in nineteen sixty-seven? There's two. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, another another guy who sort of went back and forth between first base and outfield. This is a stab, but I'm going to go with Ron Fairley. No, Ron Fairley. Um. Okay. Th- wait. This is only LA. Okay, it's only LA. So uh, I will. So I don't even think this is going to be right. But I just because he played so long, I want to say Steve Garvey with 19 steals he did in 1976. 19. He also 76. had an 11 in 75 and a 10 in 78. Ugh. Um. Wow. Okay. Now, now it's just a matter of picking off other guys. Um. Okay. The, I don't even think this is right either. But I'm gonna take another step. Franklin Stubbs with eleven in 1988. Yeah. <laughs> Thank God there was an 88 on there. Um, you want to so know the one? other two? Two more. Miss. Well, you you have four. You got four. Oh, I got four. Oh yeah, give me the others. I'm I'm ten. Uh, you missed James Loney ten uh-huh. in 2010. And I was gonna say James Loney. And a player you might not know, Eddie Murray, with ten in 1991. Well, I am I am ashamed. <laughs> I am. That's been our podcast. Thank you for listening for eleven years. Good good day, sir. Every double Freeman hits from this point on will increase his L.A. Dodger record of most doubles in a season. Four other first basemen have hit hit at least 40 doubles in a season. Can Eric name three of them in five tries? I'm I'm too busy committing seppuku or whatever it's called. Um, God. Should have just said Eddie Murray to say Eddie Murray. Stupid. Um, I, I, I was... Seeing so much red, I didn't even see the question. So, uh, doubles in a season, 40 doubles. Okay, so uh, one is Wes Parker. Yep, with 47 in 1970. That's right. Um, I I confirmed this. Um, (laughs) Um, Now, the... hmm. I'm going to go... No, okay. Uh, First... Um, Garvey. No. Did not get to 40. 38, okay. 37, 36, 35. <laughs> well, he's, he's dead to me. Um, okay, this makes it, this, this, this is rougher. Um, just because it was the 90s and it's possible once, I think it may be one. 
I'm going to say Eric Karros. 40 in 1999. Okay. That I if I'm if I'm thinking right, I believe 95 and 99 were the two years he could and maybe should have made an all-star team. He never made an all-star team. Um mm-hmm. so uh 40 doubles, first baseman. So there's two more names and you need to name one. And you've got three guesses or yeah. One more guess. One more. Um so I th- I think he topped out at 38, but I'm going to say James Loney in, just in case. 41 in 2010. Um, well done. You're missing one name. Want to take a stab at it? I, I'm going to say Eddie Murray. <laughs> Adrian uh, Gonzalez. I, yeah. It, I should have said Adrian Gonzalez. I knew. Yeah. Freeman, Freeman was within three. Of the highest total walks by an LA Dodger first baseman in 2002 when he drew 84 walks. This year, Freeman probably won't be that close. There are five other LA Dodgers besides Freeman who have at least 75 walks in, in a season. Can Eric name three of them in five tries? This is first baseman only? Uh, correct. Um, walks, walks, walks. Um, I'm going to. Mm, nope. Uh. Seventy-five walks. Uh, I I don't have conviction in this, but I'm going to say Wes Parker. Wes Parker only had seventy-nine. So wait, that's right. Uh, oh, seventy-five. Uh, yes, you're right. Sorry, sorry, sorry. sorry. Okay. I got run 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 cut off. I apologize. Yeah. Apologize. I had. I'm not. A lot of I, them cleared eighty, and therefore I was looking sure, at eighty. Sure, so, sure, sure. Sorry about that. No, that's okay. Um, you got one right. The other thing is like, I was, hmm. Let, hmm. He was behind. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Eric Karros. No, that man did not walk. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I figured, yeah, like, I was, might have. I'm gonna see if I can. I'll figure out what his no, no, that's high okay. was. No, I'm curious. Um. Yeah, this is tough. Um, first baseman walks. Um, His career high was 63. 63, okay. Um, I'm not going to say Garvey because he didn't walk, and you could pull this in my face if I'm wrong. Because, um, But I'm just trying to like think this through, and I'm... Oh, uh, Greg Brock. Nope. Um, I'm out. Yeah. I'm going to give you one more shot. No, you have one more shot. You only got oh, two okay. wrong. Um, Steve Garvey's career high on walks is 50, by the way. Yeah, okay, good. I feel better now. Um, I'm, I'm getting good at the, the not right people. Um, <laughs> so, hmm. First baseman. I don't. I don't know why this is like. You said Greg, Greg Brock, right? I did. Yeah, correct. Sorry. Jesus. Oh. I apologize. Eighty-three. My goodness. Okay. I, uh, you're Wait, doing. 83? You're doing better than uh, uh, eighty-three and eighty-three. Yeah. Ah, literally. Nice. Uh, better than me reading. My goodness. <laughs> Two um, names left. Okay. Um, three names. Three names left, but you only need to get two. Yeah. Um, 
<laughs> I'm just gonna say no the whole time and just and then <laughs> yeah. at, later during question five go oh by the way <laughs> oh god okay so this is just riveting uh, I'm I don't know why this is so difficult uh no let's I'm I'm just what about Frank Howard no okay are you done yeah. So you missed uh, Max Muncie with 83. Yeah. Ron Fairley with 75. God, I should have went back to Ron. No, and Eddie Murray. And Eddie Murray with 87. <laughs> Wait. So the, he had 87? Was yeah. that was in that eight, in 1990 or 89? 89. Yeah. <laughs> I am a failure. <laughs> All right. I promised to actually... Like read the list this time and okay. tell you when you're right correctly. Freeman is two total bases short of tying the leader of most base total bases by an LA Dodger first baseman. That's interesting. Uh, three LA Dodger first basemen have combined for all uh, for all, all of them nine times. A first baseman has had at least three hundred total bases. Can Eric name those first basemen and guess the number of times those first basemen ended oh, the God. season with three hundred or more? Okay, so one is obviously Steve Garvey. Six times. Um, oh, I, I, <laughs> you were supposed to... God. All I, right, goodbye, I, I everybody. Was, <laughs> I'm getting up. We're, we're killing it. Um, I'm taking my headphones I, off. I'm I was going gonna, home. I, <laughs> <laughs> Wait, this is the Bob I, Barker clip you sent I, me, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> you're, we're, all, we're both sitting on the stage going, I can't believe this happened. <laughs> <laughs> No, uh, I was oh. going to talk myself into that because I, because he had like, I knew he had, I think it was either five or six, 200 hit seasons and I was going to work my way to it. I don't know if I would have got to six, to be honest. I, I might've said five, but I said six. Um, this is but, the worst quiz hosting I've done in a while. <laughs> but like, but like last year, Freddie Freeman is one. Um, I'm not uh, saying so anything. Freddie Freeman's yeah. on the list. Yes. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh wait. So this year he's already at 54. Oh, so he's at he's at this year too. So he's at two. Correct. <laughs> so <laughs> the other then it, then it's just a matter of like it's it's big home run. Oh, um, it's going to be uh, Adrian Gonzalez, right? No, no. 285 was his lead top. Oh, he led the majors in RBI that year, that bit. Um, okay. Um, oh, no. Um, so, Karos didn't do the doubles. I, I think he topped out at 34 homers. He was never a high hit total guy. But you only need... No, you still need... So, he's not going to do it. Um... Oh, I am having, oh, um, uh, Wes Parker? Uh, and Wes Parker's uh, career high was 281. Mm. All right. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. No, it's, okay. it's not Eddie Murray. <laughs> okay, I was going to say, I was going to do the math. 184 hits, 26 home runs. Or, uh, 290 was his, his lead. That's 1990, obviously. I'll remind um, you that Eric Karras had a year where he hit 40 doubles. Did I, did we did I say that in my thing or no? You, you oh, maybe just, I got him. No, I got him right. 
Uh, and I, maybe I, maybe I. Yeah, I was just saying, like look, you were trying to do total both, maths. Both of our memories are, are, are okay. <laughs> okay, so okay, so I, his career highs, I think, thirty-four home runs. So he only needs. Let's, I'm not saying it's the same year, but let's let's. Bet. All right, just I'm going to say Karras. Karras, correct. 1999 when he hit the 40 doubles. Oh, the 99. How many uh, home runs he have that year? I'm looking. Uh, 99, 34. Yeah, nice. There you go. He hit 34 twice. So, Whew, we got through well, that. Wait, My that goodness, a slog. Uh, <laughs> and not Craig's fault at all. We no, both were no. terrible. <laughs> three, three Dodgers: Mookie Betts with 99, uh, Max Muncy with 96, and Freddie Freeman with 91 have over 90 RBI. No LA Dodger team has ever had three players with 100 RBI yet. For the contest, name oh. the number of Dodgers with 100 or more RBI, and for the tiebreaker, oof, guess the total RBI for all three players currently is 286 for the win. Um, it's well, it's gonna be it's gonna be three. So I believe JD Martinez is at 80. By the way, he just came back off the injured list. So the 20 more games, it's a, it's, it's a lot to ask. I, I think it's clearly gonna be three. Yeah, two. which means we have to do math. Um, so what is it? What is it at? Two two eighty six. Okay. Um, so there's twenty games, and they're each going to have thirty three RBIs in those twenty two. No, no, just kidding. <laughs> um, uh, so Freeman has to get at least nine more than that. I have a number in mind, but I, do you, do I'm you writing. My, I'm, I'm doing my quick math real quick. I have my number. My number is three twenty-four. <laughs> that was my number. <laughs> <laughs> oh my Sorry, God. Craig, okay. we're tied. <laughs> no, no, that's okay. <laughs> no, you know what? I, I'll, I'll go. I'll go. I'm going to be the hater. Let me go 323. Okay. <laughs> That's hilarious. Okay. <laughs> uh, the St. Louis Cardinals are heading for their first losing season since 2007. Aside from a return to 2022 form from both Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arenado, what, what else do you think they need so they can contend again in 2024? Pitchers who don't suck. Yeah. I was about um, to say develop, yeah. like learn how to develop yeah. pitchers one way or the other. Yeah, they're like their whole a lot of their philosophy the last few years is like, well, we don't really need strikeout pitchers because we have such a great defense. And they're like, oh, what if the defense isn't that good? And then, oh crap, the pitchers aren't that good. And then, yeah, that's that's it. Um, no, yeah. you know what? I think they should just keep doing what they're doing. Yeah, this is great. <laughs> fine. Yeah, no, I don't know. Yeah, Will Smith's numbers have dropped off in the second half. Do you think he should rest more once the Dodgers clinch, or does he need to play to find his form? Uh, I think. He should rest more yeah. generally. Like agreed, even before they clinch. Like agreed. To, so they they played twenty games uh, in the last three weeks. Um, part of that is um, they have a doubleheader in in a six day span in that final week. But he he should like he he shouldn't he should actually get rest where he's been DHing a lot when he's not yeah. catching. I, I I think they should essentially go. Two out of three. He catches two out of every three games, roughly, Go like the rest of the way. And on the days he doesn't catch, he's off. He's just off, off. You know? They only have – there's only two 
off days, off days the rest of the year. So like, it, it, you probably have, even have to go more than that. Like this week they play six games. Um, it's three and then three, so it's a perfect week to go. Um, t- two games in the Padres series, two games in the Mariner series, and then have Will Smith be off in the other game. They play seven the next week, so you could that could be that could be a four three week. Uh, maybe, and and then maybe one of the three Barnes days, Smith is DH, you know. But I, I just I I do think he he should rest more. But yeah, he, his production has has fallen now. I believe Roberts has said this. I don't remember if Smith has said much, but like there, you know, he's not doesn't feel like tired generally, and his workload isn't like outrageous. All, he's been catching a, or just playing a lot, but um, he just needs to hit like <laughs> really like that's. But I, I don't. It's hard to say if he's like worn. You know, it's because he's worn down. I'm not sure if that's necessarily the case. But he, he definitely does need to hit. Uh, um, yeah, just in general, I get why. Right, Austin Barnes was historically really, really bad sure, for as long sure. as he was. But he's picked up enough and enough of a lead that like, and I I, I have no any new research on this. I think it's right. I feel like Will Smith has historically responded really well to like little extended breaks for one reason or another. Um, yeah. So I I don't think it's that he needs to play. Uh, let the let the man hit. Or let yeah. rest. <laughs> Put together a snack mix, not checks mix, to munch on what? as we are getting ready into prime sports watching in the coming months. For me, honey roasted peanuts, plain minims, dried cherries, and stick pretzels could be winner. I like in the same mix. Don't like snack mixes. I like things that go in snack mixes. I don't like them. I the the texture's never right to me. I I don't like it. I'm not a fan. I like I like checks mix at one time of the year, and that's Christmas because. It's more of a because it was like a family tradition <laughs> than anything. Um, I like, and it's not. I don't. It's not like like I want to be just gnawing on raw checks, you know, like or whatever. Like th- that's a weird thing to do, but it, it's a nice combo sometimes. Uh, but I'll do like a. I'll occasionally grab a trail mix, you know, something with like peanuts and raisins, and then like I, you know, there's some form of m&ms in there you know that that kind of a thing that works um but um yeah for me like i don't i i'm kind of the same way like i'll i'm i'd much rather just eat like pretzels right just by themselves yeah or, or like pretzels on one with, and then salty mustard. salty salty or and some m&ms when i want the sweet i don't you don't you the, don't like the throwing textual it in a, the in textual mix yeah, yeah. Now, here's a combo. I, this is more of a movie theater thing. Um, but if you, ha- if you have, like, um, popcorn and M&M's, that's a good combo. N- not necessarily to pour. It does work if you pour some M&M's into your, you know, bowl of hot popcorn. Like, because it kind of gives, it, it is a little bit of a textural thing, but, like, that, that's a decent combo. Like, but, but like, again, Here, but here's again, a great yeah. snack mix mix ruffles with a little <laughs> bit of French onion dip on the you side. Know, There's saying, my you know, snack you know, mix. You know what the mix is, is <laughs> dipping it into the, the French onion dip or whatever. I agree with you. Um, I, you know, I had a good snack mix today. Uh, I put together uh, a sort of combination of some tortilla chips and some 
serrano peppers and some cheese <laughs> wow, and then some salsa. Great. Delicious. And then I put it in the oven to make sure just sort of sure it melted all together. And it was wonderful. I, I called it my nacho snack mix, and uh, <laughs> it was a nice, it was a nice little refresher on a Sunday. So, well, yeah, everyone I'm, go out, get some French onion dip. <laughs> that's right. Get your get your pretzel and mustard snack mix, as we'll call it from now on. I do like dipping uh, pretzels in mustard. That, that's good. It, Even yeah, not yeah. not just like the hot pretzels, like the actual bag of pretzels. I, like I, those. That, I get it. I, I haven't done stuff. that, but yeah, I mean, mustard's great. Pretzels are great. Well, what a good while mix. You're, while you're listening to this, re-listen to it and just hear how terribly I biffed all those questions. <laughs> listen to Jacob <laughs> having trouble reading the answers sometimes. <laughs> Both telling you you were wrong on right <laughs> answers and then giving you the right answers. We, we, we call that the snack mix of trivia. Uh, that's, what we, that's what we did. Uh, I'm, my metaphors are way out. Anyway, that's it for us. We'll, we'll have more to talk about uh, next week. Pop. The Dodgers might clinch by then. Might the Dodgers might be down to one starting pitcher for October by then? Who knows? We'll we'll, we'll talk about it next week. But thank you for listening. We are the Three Inning Save Podcast. I'm Eric Steven. That's Jacob Birch. We are produced by Brian Salvatore. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you again uh, next week. Bye.